Ladies and gentlemen, loyal listeners, valuable viewers, how are we going? Episode 57, Michael Smith, Michael the Bully Boy Smith is the champion of the world. This time 12 months ago we're talking about a burst from Peter Wright that blew him away and confirmed that Peter Wright was the number one player in the world of darts. As I open my Canadian club tonight, we're out of Bundy Rum here. Um, yeah, so we're talking about Peter Wright being the number one player in the world. Michael Smith coming so close yet again. He came close a couple of times this year. UK Open, he got done by Danny Noppert. European Championships by Michael Sir Ross Smith, sorry, not Michael Smith, because he's Michael Smith, before he came through and won the Grand Slam. Um, but it was yet again, he was almost playing second best throughout most of the year. And even this tournament, he looked pretty good. But Michael Van Gerwen was by far and away the best player up until the final. He was the best player in the world for the year and for the tournament. But Michael Smith was able to blast him out of the water. He absolutely blasted him out of the water. Now we saw, everyone's talking about it, I've watched it a million times, the greatest leg of darts you're ever going to see. Both players on a nine data. It's never been seen before. Um, not just on a nine data, Michael went girl and missed double 12 for the nine data and then Michael Smith's taken them out. You've never seen anything like that. We have seen Vincent van der Voort and Demon Stanley hit four 180s in one leg. We also saw Michael Van Gerwen get seven darts into a nine dart leg with Gary Anderson then taking out a 170 to win that leg the next shot. That was a fantastic leg of darts. Nothing will ever beat this. The commentary, the moment, the quality, everything about it was the best leg of darts you've ever seen in your life. And a lot of people are saying you'll never see anything like that again. I disagree the quality of players that we see nowadays. We are going to see quality like that again. It's just about two players hitting that those darts in the leg when we all know they can. It's just about doing it together. But in that sort of pressure moment, maybe not. It wasn't necessarily too far into the match. I think it was one all in the second set. However, if Michael Van Gerwen hits that nine dart leg, he then puts goes 2-1 up and potentially wins that set a lot more comfortably. He ended up losing the set, but he had... Would have had darts to win that set and then goes 2-0 up. 2-0 as opposed to 1-1. One, one. Um, does that give Michael Van Gerwen confidence and Michael Smith, does that give him a kick in the guts? Who knows? But at the end of the day, his finishing was on. His high scoring was there. He did so well. I think he took out a 130 at a crucial stage later on in the match. And ended up winning on double eight, which was phenomenal to watch. Good to see because he doesn't really go for 32. If he can, if he has to leave it, he does. He's not one of those guys, which we'll talk about that in a minute. He's not one of those guys to mess around with only going for the doubles that he can. If he can leave, you probably haven't been able to hear me probably this whole time. If he can leave, tops he will, tops or tens. If he can leave 32, he will as well. But he would prefer tops, doesn't bother him too much. And complete performance, as I said, he started off the tournament with a nine to zip in legs, meaning 3 million sets win over Nathan Rafferty and capped it off with a 6-4, 7-4 win over Michael Van Gerwen in the final after he went 3-2 down. And that was, um, yeah, it was looking like Michael Van Gerwen was a good shot to go to go on from there, but he turned it around and absolutely nailed the whole match and sensational for him. So we did see the semi-finals. 
That's what, where we last left is. Uh, Gabriel Clemens put in a good performance, but Michael Smith was just a step ahead. The quality in that match was absolutely sensational. Um, I, I really like Gabriel Clemens. We all know that. But Michael Smith was really good. So was Gabe. But Michael was just three darts, three darts ahead the whole time. I think a lot of the legs, a lot of the sets went to a fifth, fifth leg. And Michael Smith was able to take him from there. I think it was 6-2 in the end. So a bit of a route on the scoreboard, but um, deep down it wasn't that bad. The interesting semi-final was the Michael Van Gerwen versus Dimitri Vandenberg semi-final. Uh, this one was a much more interesting, even though the scoreline was 6-0. It was a pasting, um, but it just showed Dimitri Vandenberg... He missed out on the Premier League, but then was included in the World Series stuff. And he came to life when it came to the World Series. He won back-to-back. I think he might have won, not New York, but definitely Nordic Darts Masters and the other one that they had, um, the Dutch Darts Masters, I think. Maybe he didn't win the Dutch, maybe he won New York. I don't know, but he won two, two of them on the trot and started to look really, really good. He had a good world match play. Just bear with me, I need to. Wipe off some of the sweat, guys. It's fucking really hot in here. Um, yeah, and he had a really good match play. Uh, sort of went a little bit missing after that. But then made it to the semifinals here. Knocked off Johnny Clayton. Um, knocked off Christopher Tyski, I think it was. Just had a really solid performance most of the way through to Dimitri. However, he absolutely fell apart in this one. I like him. I think he's a good character. I think his mindset is pretty good. But he really, really fell apart in this game. Um, we'll get to the incident soon, but before even the Michael Van Gerwen incident standing close behind him, he was falling apart at the seam. So what he was doing was, if you probably can't see it from back there, but what I'll do, oh, I'll swap these lights because that doesn't really work very well. That works a little bit better. We'll see if we can bring him closer to show you what I'm talking about. So let's get up close to the board. I'll try and hold you still. Dimitri Vandenberg was having shots like 52 left. Instead of going like this, or even this, what we saw him do, which was really strange because he likes double 16, so I'm not sure why he wouldn't go that way. He was aiming for 36, right? What does 36 leave off 52? Let's put you back. Thirty-six off fifty-two. I'm having a brain fart, an absolute brain fart. Forty is twelve plus your four, sixteen. So he's trying to go triple twelve to leave double eight. If you like eights and sixteens, why aren't you going for uh, fat twenty on fifty-two instead of going triple twelve? Not even trying to hit. Big 12 to leave tops because he hates tops that much. Um, I've moved the camera around a little bit. So that's some of the strangest decisions I've ever seen. As I said, just 52, you've got 20s, 20s for double 16 or 12s for double 20. Why are you going for double, triple 12? I'm not sure. The point is he went for triple 12 and he hit a five and then wasted a burnt a dart trying to get down to 36 then. So he then changed his... To, sorry, I'll step back a bit. He then went to leave, he went five, and then whatever it is to get to 36. So initially he's thought about going 
triple 12 to leave double eight instead. And then he's changed his tactics completely once he hit the five to leave double 18. And that was his hatred for tops. He did it with one other number. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he did it at least twice in a couple of legs early on. And if you've got a hatred for tops that much, as I said on the 52, we just went through a couple of other ways to do it. Um, yeah, but that's, that's, it's really silly. And just keep practicing tops if you're that bad at it. Cause there was definitely one where he didn't have as many options. It may have been 59. I'm not sure. I don't think it was 59. It was something where he had to leave. Maybe it was 55. I'm not sure. Can't remember. But he was definitely aiming to hit the triples instead of the singles to leave top, to not leave tops. And yeah, madness, madness. Just practice tops more. Um, yeah. So, and then later on in the match, he hit, he needed big 17, I think, to leave tops, which he, obviously he had to do it then. And he went so low, he went off the board. And then he went so low again that he hit double 17. So a couple of real big brain farts from Dimitri Vandenberg. And then there was the incident of Michael Van Gerwen. The commentators thought he was standing too close. Michael Van Gerwen does that every match. Dimitri Vandenberg wouldn't complain about that because the DRA will find Michael Van Gerwen for doing that. You can't stand in the encroachment zone. He would get a warning and a fine every time he does that. He says he does that most matches, so he probably walks away with a fine most matches anyway. Um, but what Dimitri was saying is that Michael was stomping behind him. Um, I find that very difficult to not believe, but to think that that would bother you. Um, that's not going to bother you if there's 3,000 screaming fans in there. It was just a bad night for Dimitri Vandenberg. I think he'll bounce back. But Michael Van Gerwen had him on a string. And what I thought to myself after that match was, because that was an intriguing match, where Michael Smith has not even progressed, he's always been quite a cool character, calm, he looks composed, he's great on the dartboard. The mental strength of the dude is next level good. So you hear a lot of talk about Michael Van Gerwen potentially bullying people in the Dimitri Vandenberg situation. It's not even remotely bullying. Don't allow yourself to get bullied in that scenario. Uh, Dimitri thought something was going on, wanted to take his time. You're inviting someone like Michael Van Gerwen who is going to speak his mind to say, let's get a wriggle on, move it on. Um, don't put yourself in those situations or just don't let it bother you. Because Michael Smith does not let things like that bother him. I think there was people saying that um, after Michael Van Gerwen missed the nine data, Bully Boy gave him a handshake. Um, after Michael Smith hit his, a lot of the camera angles didn't catch the high five that Michael Van Gerwen gave Michael Smith. But even if he didn't do it, Michael Van Smith is not going to let that bother him. You can see his state of mind up on a dartboard. All he's worried about is getting on that dartboard, banging in triple 20s, High scores, combo finishes, he's got the most 161 plus finishes for the season just gone, the most 180s, and he's now the world champion and that world number one. There's no surprise that his mental state of mind impresses me more than anyone else up on the stage. He may be lacking that in the Premier League. It's the only time I've seen him not even get flustered, but it seems like just the care or the passion isn't there. Maybe he don't like the format. If it just doesn't say it, maybe that drag outness is just not for him. But another world championship's done and dusted. We maybe we'll do another little wrap of it later on and talk about some of the highlights, lowlights, when we know what the highlight is. 
um, in the next episode, but we'll move on from there. Right now, Q School is going on. We have a few Aussies competing. I think Ben Robb as well might be over there. Mal Cumming, I'm pretty sure, is over there. Jeremy Fagg, definitely over there competing for a uh, tour card. Corey Cadby is over at the European Tour card uh, Q School. Um, so that's fantastic to see. And all that, I think it's three phases. Maybe it's that runs across three days. I'm not sure, but it'll all be done and dusted soon. And we'll know who is getting a tour card and who is not. And we'll have a look at that in detail as well once it's all out. Um, so the Bahrain Darts Masters, pretty sure that is happening this weekend as well. Now, I'm not a huge fan of that happening so soon. I think we let the players settle. I know the ones that went out early. So someone like Daryl Gurney, um, James Wade, they haven't played for a while now, but some of them that went past Christmas, Gerwin Price per se, uh, Michael Van Gerwen, Michael Smith, are all going to be buggered. Even Johnny Clayton played a lot. Josh Rock played a lot of darts towards the end of the year. I think it's time they have a, a decent break. I know that the Bahrain Darts Masters is part of the World Series and the finals for that aren't played till well after the world match play, so probably around September, October that gets played. So it's a strange time to be having the, the events that lead up to that so early in the year. Um, New York. Oh, sorry. New York, um, Wollongong, Hamilton over in New Zealand. I know the Dutch Darts, Dutch Darts Masters, the Nordic ones, probably. I'm not sure when they're being played, but all those are, most of those are August and beyond. So it's weird to have this tournament all relevance of what happens here. It's going to be forgotten about by the time that rolls around. Um, and it's just, I know the players enjoy their exhibitions a lot. There's not so much pressure. The crowd are there to cheer them on. I know Gerwin Price got a massive reception the one he just done. He won it. Um, so it's just, it's enjoyable for the players to go and do that sort of thing. So I think it's, it's they should be allowed to go and do that. And as I said, I think the schedule's far too hectic possibly later on to have those events that... Bahrain Darts Masters and the other one that they've got going on um, so close together later on in the year, so they're putting them now, but they've, as I said, it'll just lose all relevance by that time. Um, yeah, but if, if my tip for that one, I think Michael Smith will continue on his merry way and win that. Um, in saying that, maybe I don't think that. I think Johnny Clayton might be due. Gerald Price is in form. Peter Wright hits in form and a couple of exhibitions he's done. Um so, yeah, who the bloody hell knows? Michael Van Gerwen probably comes through and robs through. I'll give him as my tip. The Masters is the next big major. I know the draw's already out for that, but it's a pretty easy draw to pick because they're all seeded players. So we'll have a look at that and see how Damon Hedder, who's going to run into Michael Smith in the second round if he gets through his first round matchup. Um, he's got Ross Smith. I think he'll get through that, but Ross Smith is a tricky opponent. He's a big 180 hitter. If he tidies up his finishing, Damo's in a lot of strife. But if Damo plays his best game, he wins that comfortably. It's all about how Damo plays as opposed to Ross Smith. If Ross Smith plays his best game, it'll be a good match with Damo will win. If Ross Smith doesn't play his best, then Damo will flog him. If Damo doesn't play his best, then we'll see what happens. If Damo plays his best game, Ross Smith will not go with him. Um, in a couple of days' time, maybe a week, we're also going to have a look at the Australian calendar and once again, the massive, massive disappointment and the trick that the DPA are missing here. We'll have a look at that and um, run through how that all works this year and go from there.
enjoy the darts, keep an eye on Q School, that's pretty important stuff coming up. And let's see if we can't do some other stuff this week. Talking about boards and the beautiful Shot Bandit Duro and a few other different dartboards that are on the market and what are the good ones. See you then, guys.